Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast. This episode is Helpline with Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire, Chris Minogue. If she can't help you, nobody can. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed, Play, Love. It is your weekly opportunity to give us a call or ask your question of Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Chris has over 30 years experience helping families with babies, toddlers, a mixture of all, um, with everything from settling to feeding and dummies and anything that you can think of. I have not yet heard her... (laughs) be thrown a question she can't answer. Um, the number, if you want to give us a call, if you're watching us live via Facebook, is one 800 That's one 800 If you're watching us via Facebook, you can also pop your comments underneath. If you are listening to the podcast, the best way to get in touch is to email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au and Chris will answer your question next week. How are you, Chris? I'm well. I'm well. Excellent. Well, the first question we have comes from Michelle. This was one from Facebook. Yep. Our nearly three-year-old was Mm -hmm. such a good sleeper until we took away his dummy almost two months ago. Since then, he wants us to be with him all the time from the moment he gets into bed all through the night until he wakes up and he completely loses it if he wakes up and we aren't there. He now comes into our bed every night and I am so tired that I let him in but I don't think he really sleeps properly and neither do I. What are some ideas on getting him back sleeping in his bed all night? We've tried letting him cry it out and self-settle. He will cry for hours if we let him. Putting him back to bed when he gets out of bed, white noise, etc. Nothing seems to work. I initially thought he might be having night terrors, but now it's more separation anxiety. That's from Michelle. I think... I don't even think it's as as deliberate as separation anxiety. I think what it is is the dummy provided that self-soothing that he no longer can get. So he's looking for someone else to give it to him. So when they get to three and they've still got a dummy, this is a really common problem. So when they, maybe if they're 18 months and you're getting rid of a dummy, you can pick them up, you can give them comfort and put them down and you've got enough time for them to learn to self-soothe. But for three years, he's had the dummy and I think it's about the self-soothing part, not about the anxiety about you not being there. He's just substituted the self-soothing with you. You're now his self-soother. So now we've got to give him little steps to learn how to do that for himself. So at the age of three, taking a dummy away, I probably would have replaced it with a sort of significant bed toy, like soft teddy or something, something that he could handle. Because with the dummy, they often handle it a lot. They pull it out, they play with it, and they put it back in again. So substituting it with something else, you're probably a little bit further down the track now, and he's not going to play for that one. So I think we're going to have to treat this just like any other, you know, night waking with a three-year-old and re-teach him how to go to sleep on his own. So something that we commonly use is we have a really um, consistent pattern of behaviour in putting him to sleep. So two stories, a chat about the day, putting him down. He's three, giving him the expectation of what's going to happen. So mum is going to give you a kiss and a cuddle, then I'm going to leave and then I'm going to come back and give you another kiss and cuddle in 10 minutes. And what we're trying to do is see, does he just drop off to sleep on his own? 
And if he can, then that's great because when he gets up at night, you can take him back to the bed, you put him into bed, and then you give him a kiss and a cuddle, and that becomes his comforter. So you, if you don't want him in your bed, you are going to have to walk him back to his bed if that's where you want him, if that's where you want him to sleep long term. And that's going to take a few days and a bit of support from your partner if available um, to be able to do that. But one of the things that we use is bedtime explorers. So you can download it off the um, Kindling app and you could play one of these sort of meditative, aren't they, meditative stories to help children relax when they're going to bed. And that could be that separation between you and him. So I think we've got to get start this from the very beginning um, and reteach him how to go back to sleep again. And with consistency, he'll be able to do it. And Michelle, so there's two places you can find the, the Bedtime Explorers. It's either on the free Kindling app or on iTunes. They're all free. Yep. And they've been written and produced by a mindfulness coach who's used to um, teaching adults how to be mindful and meditative and these ones work really well. I know I've used them for my daughter. Yeah, and lots of of my clients have used them and it's worked really well. Okay, good stuff. Remember, he's got to learn to self-soothe. All right. Good luck with that, Michelle. And now we have a phone call from Emily. Hi, Emily. How are you? Oh, hi, Siobhan. Hi, Chris. Hi. Now, how, um, how old's your child and what's going on for them? Okay, so she is 25 months old. So <laughs> she's two. And toilet training um, has just sort of sprung up on me. <laughs> um, so basically, the last three days at daycare, um, she's been dry all day and at each nappy change, I guess, which is maybe somewhere between two and three hourly, yeah. they've noticed it's dry and they've offered the toilet and she's gone on the toilet. Has she done she's gone, a wee? She's done both wees and poos for the last three days at daycare. Clever okay. girl. Is she ready? Because <laughs> <laughs> daycare are telling me she is. <laughs> uh, the question you have to ask daycare is, so is she ready for toilet timing? Sounds like it because they're doing the instigating. So when they notice she's wet, they put her on the toilet. She's not saying, I need to go to the toilet. So the difference between toilet timing and toilet training is one is instigated by us, the adult, which is the toilet timing, which is what daycare do. So as they would normally check or change her nappy, they've noticed it's dry, so they take her to the toilet and she goes, oh, okay, I'll do a wee. Yeah. But to toilet train her, she has to be able to initiate it herself. Okay, so that's the difference. Okay. So, so how much what, language does she have, Emily? Oh, plenty. <laughs> She's constantly talking to you. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so but she... Yeah, she could definitely express if she needed to go, for Okay, sure. so let's see what happens over the next few days of her being at home with you and you doing a similar thing to what they're doing at daycare, and that's called toilet timing. So I would say mid-morning, round lunchtime, mid-afternoon and before the bath, um, when you, you sort of... You could just check her and say let's try for a wee because we're going to the park or let's try for a wee because we're going to have lunch and see if she continues doing it because sometimes what happens is at daycare is she's mimicking what everybody else is doing. She's not necessarily ready to be able to do it herself. Now, if you get a bit of traction with this, she could be a very early toilet trainer 
and she would be yeah. a very early toilet trainer. But the next thing is that um, you'd need to keep her home because it's so cold outside. You'd need to keep her home for a few days and then you yeah. put a sort of like a singlet and a little pair of um, underwear on her and then you've got to say to her, tell mummy when you need to go to the toilet and you want to see if she can initiate going to the toilet because yeah. then you know okay. she is ready. So I suspect she's very good and she's doing yeah. all the right things but I'm a little bit unsure as to whether she's ready for true toilet training. Okay. 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 So just see how it goes over the Yeah, next absolutely. Give it a go. But and then, yeah. And then, you know, you might just keep it up until she actually starts initiating and saying, Mummy, I need to go to the toilet. Yeah. And okay. then if she does that for a few days, then, then she's re- she is. She is ready yeah. to toilet train. You're right. Okay. Okay. Go for it. Well, look, if she's if she's an advanced child, yeah, she go might for be, it, Emily. She, it could be the easiest that thing in, you've ever done. She's that intelligent child. Yeah, yeah I run with go it. Go for it, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Cheers, Emily. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Our next question comes from Lisa from on Facebook. Hi, Lisa. She says, I can't get my five-month-old to take a bottle. I've mm. tried three types of tests, formula and breast milk. Any tips? I need to get back to work in one month. Well, the good thing is you've got one month, but um, I've just come from somebody who we're, we're doing exactly this at five months. And I think it's really hard when, um, you know, we've got all this about breastfeeding and there's a mum out there who's going back to work at five months or six months and suddenly she has to give a bottle. Um, and that little one's just had a breast for five months. So let's give it a go and see what we can do. Usually what I would do is um, you've got to work out which which feeds are going to be a bottle. So say he has a morning breastfeed and then mid-morning and lunchtime he will need to have a bottle and then you'll be back in the evening to give him a breastfeed after you finish work. So you've got to set your rhythm because we don't want him to be confused. So if it's ad hoc then he's going to just flatly refuse the bottle and it'll become more and more stressful for everybody involved. So set your rhythm of your day that's normal and then you pick one of those feeds. Um, so say you feed him at 6 o'clock in the morning, his next feed is between 9 and 10. So at 9 and 10, you're going to offer the bottle. So if you need it to be formula, you should put formula in it. So we put the formula in, put some warm formula in there and try over 20 minutes in feeding him. You use, it doesn't matter which bottle you use, you could try 7,000 different bottles, but actually just choose the bottle that, that you've got the most of because it's him getting used to a different texture in his mouth. You need to use an age-appropriate teat. So you use a medium teat I just make up a small amount of formula because the chances of him taking it the first few goes is fairly slim. So I get all ready. I don't, um, or what worked was we didn't hold him in a breastfeeding position because then they get a bit confused. So for this little fellow, we put him in the chair and we just distracted with a little toy and we got him used to the bottle in his mouth. So the very first time I'm not expecting him to drink the whole bottle. I'm just getting used to that different sensation, different oral sensation. From then, for the next three days, I try it at that feed for over 20 minutes. But if he doesn't take the milk, and this is the really important thing, and you breastfeed him straight away, he won't take the milk. 
So if you've offered it to him, you can't give him a breastfeed for another, you know, hour or so, a couple of hours, because otherwise he'll link the two together and he'll just fight you even more. So after a few days, then you add the second bottle in. And so you continue trying with the first and then you continue trying with the second. And with that repeated experience, they should start to take the bottle. Okay. Good luck, Lisa. Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed, Play, Love will be back answering more questions right after this. When you become a parent, you enter an exclusive club, one that only other parents can truly understand. I spent a lot of time running and yelling names. Come back, get back here. But I bought him one of those backpacks that had a lead, like, you know, a monkey one. Because it doesn't look as bad. Yeah, like a disguise. (laughs) The Parent Panel is a weekly podcast that invites adults to ponder the big questions of looking after small children with more than a bit of humour mixed in. Join us for The Parent Panel wherever you get your podcasts. We have a call from Fiona on the line. Hello, Fiona. How Hello. are you? Good, thanks, ladies. How are you? Good. Good thanks. Now, your little one is uh, 18 months now? Yeah, 18 months now. Um, Chris, just a couple, some hints and tips on, you know, there's some functions coming up again and yep. that whole, like, 12 o'clock sleep. Yep. Um, and everything happens to be right at that time. Yep. And, it's, you know, and I know it's a one-off, but what's your best, like, how if they're I... literally a one-off... Yeah. Like they're just, you know, a couple of, you know, sort of christenings and functions and birthdays that happen sort of once okay. a month or... Will he sleep in the pram? Um, I haven't tried him in the pram, to be honest. Okay. He sleeps in the car, but only it's only like literally for probably an hour or so. And that, that's all you're likely to get. So if yeah, this function okay, was a christening... So, yeah, eleven so thirty is like the church part, and then the one one o'clock is like the the celebration part. So okay, kind of right bang in the middle of. Do you know what I do? Day. Is I do the christening. Christenings take about half an hour, and then for yep. the between it from twelve yep. to one, I'd yep. get you or your partner just to drive him in the car for that oh, one hour. Okay. But you got to know he's only had an hour sleep, so what mm-hmm. you, you have to agree is what time you go home because you'll probably yep. need to go to bed a bit earlier that night. Yep. So yep. in that yep. case, I would drive him in the car for an hour. Yeah, okay. and just, so just give so, him whatever he'll take in that hour. Okay, right, and then just come home and read yep. his uh, yep. seven seven thirty bedtime. That's right. Yeah. That's right. right. So just yeah. as a one off, um, I would just try and get about at least an hour in there. Um, okay. So try and get an hour somewhere. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Because otherwise he will be the entertainment by four o'clock. Oh, I, I have no <laughs> doubt about that. And then I have my then I the other question about that whole thing is, you know, seven I do a seven seven thirty bedtime depending yep. on how he's going. Yeah. And I keep getting slack because, you know, these funk oh come, you know, I've got a, a birthday at seven thirty and I'm like, No, I can't make it because, you know, that's bedtime. Yeah. But, how do I explain to someone that it's kind of very difficult for him to go further than that? Because he puts himself to bed sometimes. He's like, bed, bed. And I'm like, yeah. okay, cool, no worries. We've trained him well, Fiona. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Over the radio. We have. We have. Fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know, people say, oh, I've just come out for once. You know, he'll be okay. Push him out to eight, nine <laughs> o'clock. I'm like, he won't mm, be. He'll no. be a screaming mess. Yeah. Um, Look, the only way you can do it, and usually this is with an older child, I think it's a difficult thing to do with an 18-month-old because they're already teetering at that point. You know, by 7.30, they want to know where their two stories are. So what I would normally say to you, if it's a really important thing, then I would try and move his lunchtime sleep down a bit and let him sleep for as long as he likes. Yeah, so okay, right. putting him to bed maybe at 1 and letting mm-hmm. him sleep till 3, 3.30. Then okay. you've got about five and a half hours before you need to be back home. So that would yeah. give you your eight thirty nine o'clock marker. Right. 
And sometimes you have to prove the point to your family. So you take him out at 7.30. That's what I You know full well that it's all going <laughs> to be a huge meltdown at, oh, I don't know, five past yeah. eight. Yeah, well, and well, then yeah. you say, and you now we're going home. Thank yeah. you very much. But so it depends can. on what point yeah. you're trying to make to who. Yeah, I've got to say, Fiona, I had the... Um, I had the thought once, and my kids are older than this. They were, I think, they were four and six at the time. Yeah. And we thought, hey, what's let's go, what's, let's go and have dinner at seven mm-hmm. o'clock. And let me tell you, the yeah. entire restaurant found out that you don't push your kids past their sleep times. Yeah. Like it's just not worth it for anyone. So no, if it's just, yeah, if it's really important, just push his day sleep down and let okay. him sleep for as long as you can, and then you've got a five and a half hour window. Yeah, but otherwise, sometimes idea. just saying to people, actually, no. I am that person who's going to put my child to sleep. Yeah, and look, I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. No. It's just everyone else seems to have the problem with that. Yeah. Or go yeah. out and get a nanny for him, or, you know, get a babysitter for him. Yeah. And then they they, they want to see him. Yeah, but they don't want to see him. They don't care about us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you prove the point. You say, well, I'm here. Oh, no, I'm not bringing I've him out. I've tried that. I've tried leaving one of us home and then one of us goes so we don't bring him. But it's still, no, we want to see him. Yeah, but 18-month-old is overtired and not a pretty sight, are no, they? I no. <laughs> Stay not strong, worth. Fiona. Yes, you've I'm got this far. Thank you so much. <laughs> no That's worries. a pleasure. Have a lovely day. Cheers. You too. Bye. Bye. See you later. We have a question from Jane on Facebook about separation anxiety. Yep. Daddy is the flavor of the month oh. at the moment with my two-year-old son. Because he's the fun parent, whilst I'm predominantly with our four-month-old baby, he struggles to put my son down to sleep. My husband follows our bedtime routine but continually struggles to get him down successfully. Each night that I put him down, my son will be continually crying out, Daddy, Daddy, and it can be quite a challenge. Any tips to work through this potential phase, please? Look, you're probably doing the right thing in that you're, you're putting him down or Daddy's putting him down. And as long as you stick into the rhythm, the only thing that could be interrupting this might be how much sleep he's having in the day. So he's got the energy to keep calling out. So uh, he's two. So hopefully he might be going down around 12.30, getting up about two and going down at 7.30. So sometimes they're calling out because they're not tired. So it looks like the good time parents coming in to help out. But in actual fact, they're just not ready for bed. So first I'd look at the the timing and see if that's okay. And then if it's constant and he's calling out, I just go to the door and I just open the door and I say, it's time for sleep, put your head down. And then I shut the door and that sort of gives him a bit of reassurance, but also gives him the message that this is about sleep and not about getting up. And I think it's crucial that dad does that too, because if dad's always the fun person coming in and playing and then hands over and mum has to do the hard work, work I think it should come from both parents and a mixture so he doesn't know who's going to come so that he gets the same message from you and I've got to say with mine um, what we fell into the trap of doing was dividing uh, and conquering well yeah but it was Mm. we weren't conquering anyone except for (laughs) the kids were conquering us because they would they one of us would stay and then we go okay we're leaving now and then they'd say oh I want daddy and so I would go and get Daddy. daddy and it he'd sit with him for a while and then he'd say yeah. I want mummy and so he would come out because we both They're fed up smart, and just aren't asleep. They? <laughs> yeah so don't let them play you off each other because yeah. we spent all night just tag just once he's in bed he's in bed and we can give him a message with kindness that means you're in bed mm. mm-hmm. 
Sit it through. Remember, that's their job as a two-year-old, to try and outsmart you. (laughs) Very good at it. Good luck, Jane. See how that goes. Consistency. That's what I never did that I wish I had done. (laughs) Yeah. Learn from my mistakes. Um, We also have a phone call on the line from Emma. She has a two-year-old, and this is about his dummy. Hi, Emma. How are you? Hello. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Tell us what's happening with this dummy. Okay, so my just um, newly turned two-year-old is becoming more and more reliant on his dummy um, from the age of one to two um, to the point where he only takes it out um, for eating and that's it. Um, So I'm sure that it's hampering his speech um, and teeth perhaps. We're off to the dentist next week. Oh, Um, Yeah, (laughs) and so I guess we'd like to get rid of it, but... We have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and our four-year-old is a rubbish sleeper, and our two-year-old is, is, is okay, and I'm so worried that... By if you take the dummy away, dummy, you'll, you'll have two nothing. rubbish sleepers. <laughs> this is what... I didn't know we had a good sleeper until number two, and, um, and it's pretty good. It's only one settle, maybe two, and it's just a quick drink or the dummy back in, and I can deal with that. Um, but, so, my question is, we do need to get rid of the dummy, how? Do we do it cold turkey or do we let no. him have it at night time and not during the day? What, where do, what do See, I do? See, I think... Strength? I think he's definitely the age at where you would get rid of the dummy and I'd get rid yeah. of the dummy before you put him in a big bed because there's too many changes and it, his sleep will just completely okay. fall apart. Yeah. So because he has the dummy all the time, that's where the problem's fallen. So the dummy soothers, pacifiers are literally for sleep, not walking around the house, not self-soothing because I fell over. That's our job, you know, as the carers or the parents. So the first thing we can do for about two to three weeks is he only gets a dummy when he's physically in his cot. Okay. So you can't get him out of the cot if he doesn't hand the dummy to you in your hand. You just say, well, I'll be back in a few minutes, but you need to give me the dummy. The dummy then needs to go maybe in a little container up high. Okay. okay, if he's calling for the dummy in the day, you've got to distract him, distract him, distract him. And if he really has a tantrum, put him in the cot, give him the dummy, but he doesn't get out of the cot till he hands the dummy back to you. So okay. I think to go cold turkey from where you are at, it will implode on you. It'll be so hard <laughs> yeah. that it'll, it'll feel be so cruel worse. For everybody. Yeah. yeah. So I think let's, let's do this in stages for him so he gets a good picture of what we're trying to do. So... Absolutely no dummy unless he's physically in a cot or a bed, okay. whatever he's wearing. Yeah, he's oh yeah. I'm imagining this is going to be like a half hour yeah. episode yeah. in the first time. And he literally, quicker quicker. when you go in there, you've got to say, put, put your dummy in mummy's hand. Okay. Because so, he's got to release it. And it's a bit, it's a bit like asking you, you know, put your credit card in my hand. You know, it's your best thing. <laughs> so, you know, why would I do that? But you just got to play at this one thing because you're asking him to release. So that's going to make it easier when he gives the dummy up. Okay. Okay. Goes up in the container. Goes up on the the, the high place somewhere he can't climb to because he's a two year old. Um, yes. And then not in the car. Can't have it in the car. So okay, that's interesting. We do we we um actually go between two houses, one in the country and one in the city. So and you give drive. it to him when you do the drive. Well, we most of the time we drive at night time, which is his sleep time, and it's three hour um tra- like commute door okay. to door. Um, I, so that would I would agree. Yeah, okay. that would be appropriate. That one would okay. be appropriate because it's related Only to, to sleep time. It's yep, yeah, sure. but I wouldn't if you were driving less than an hour and a half. I wouldn't give it to him. 
okay. if that makes yeah. sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, normally the journey from city to country is about three hours. Okay. But anything less than that, we will, we'll, okay, we'll refrain yep. from using the dummy. Yep. Okay, so okay. do that first. And the second yep. stage is we're going to replace the comfort. So this is similar to what we were talking about before. We're going to replace the dummy when the dummy goes with a comfort toy, something else he can soothe himself with. So a teddy or don't let him choose because he'll choose the entire house to put in there. But maybe just replacing it with something different. Do this while he's still in the cot. Okay. To give him something. Like he's not a Ted, he's a ball and shoe person. He's a real boy. Okay. Balls and shoes. He sleeps with his shoes. He can sleep with balls and then I... Well, we might have to get him a new ball (laughs) and a A softer ball. ball. Yes. (laughs) So we're going to replace it with a ball or a shoe. But we have to do this while he's still in the cot because we want him to learn to sleep well in the cot before the time comes we need to put him in a bed so that that transitions much easier for you. Okay. Okay. So eventually the the new comforter would replace the dummy at night time. Yeah, that's right. And then we could transition him from the cot to the bed once we've got rid of the dummy completely. Yeah, that's right. So you transfer him to the bed at about two and a half. Not that this will take five months, but, you know, I think he needs to be sleeping really well like he has been doing in his cot before I'd put him back in the bed. Okay. Okay. Perfect sense. Thank you. That's a pleasure. All right. Thanks. Good luck. Good luck, Emma. Uh, Look, we have time for one last question uh, today, and this comes from Rachel on Facebook about dropping feeds. okay. I have four-month-old corrected twins, six feeds, including dream feed and a 3 to 5 a.m. feed, two two two-hour sleeps and a cat nap, starting to feed poorly for the first feed of the day. Is it time to drop the 3 to 5 a.m. feed? Do I just start reducing volume? Uh, you can do. That's exactly what you can do. But we would, I would drop the 10 o'clock. So uh, you, there's two ways of doing it. You, if your dream feed was working, they wouldn't be waking at 3 or 5 for a feed. So I don't think dropping that feed is – I think it's going to m- – create more issues than it's it's going to resolve so what I would be doing is reducing the 10 o'clock feed um, and reducing the volume and what it'll do is probably bring one feed to around the two o'clock window so if the dream feed in its true way that people should use it which is they feed them at 10 and they're meant to sleep till six was actually working, then you would only be still having one feed overnight. So I think the problem isn't the three to five o'clock. I think it's the 10 o'clock that I would be just reducing by about 30 mils every couple of nights until you wean it off and you don't do it and they sleep through. And they might sleep till two and you give them a feed and then they'll sleep till 6.30 and then they'll feed properly. So the answer is yes, I'd be reducing them down to one feed at about now. Okay, well, that's all we have time for Helpline and this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you're watching along live on the Babyology Facebook page, a big thank you to you for all your questions. And uh, if you have any questions and you're watching us on the podcast, make sure, or listening to us on the podcast, send us an email to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Chris, thank you so much for all your help. But it's always before, a pleasure. <laughs> before I let you go, though, we do have a special Helpline Extra deep dive that comes every Tuesday night. And this time we're going to be talking more about dummies, dummies. which seems to be a, a very important topic for people. It is. Thanks for your time.
This has been Helpline on Feed, Play, Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. If you want to ask Chris your questions for the next episode, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Debbie Ning and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. We'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.